Hey folks, uh, back again with the Retro Rides podcast. This week we are talking road trips and I've got with me Simon, whose voice you've heard before. He has done a couple of family-based road trips, come on me with a, on a couple of trips. And I've got Andy with us this week because he has organized a number of road trips and he is a, uh, a bit of a connoisseur of the road trip. We'll also include um, sort of car-based holiday stuff as well, sort of stuff that doesn't require you to trek across a continent and all of that good stuff. So, hello, Simon. Hello. Hello, Andy. Hello, my dudes. How are we doing? Not too bad, not too Ooh. bad. So, I'm going to start, I think, probably with your favorite trip, just to get us into the sort of areas of, of where we've been going. So, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a long road trip or an adventure or something, just the sort of favorite car-based trip you've done. Um, and I'm going to start with Simon. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, you know, I've done quite a few car-based trips, but I'm going to take a simple answer. You know, you sprung this on me and say, I enjoy just, like, sometimes just basic stuff. I quite like the, the drive down to Goodwood. It's not actually that far for me, and it takes in some sort of scenery and stuff. It's also where I go for the Southeast Club meet. Um, uh, but, yeah, so it's a, it's a tiny one, but that is just a nice little journey because I think to – to say, yeah, going to Bonneville, which I've been to, uh, is great. It's not necessarily that attainable. And you can get enjoyment about just going to a, a show that's a bit further than local and involves a bit of scenery and places you don't usually go. So I'm going to go for just a drive down to Goodwood. Nice. A little bit of Lewis country driving. Uh, Andy? Goodwood's a great shot, man, but um, it's very, very local for me. It's like... 45 minutes so it'd be ridiculous for me to call that a road trip um i used to drive further for work every day so but thanks for repping the uh the local pub thing. it's a tricky one i like simon lucky enough to have been on quite a few sort of car based road trips favorite ones uh, i went to the uh, the moon eyes streetcar nats in tokyo which was pretty excellent that wasn't strictly a car based trip we just were there on holiday and it sort of all worked out but um i've been right. back to japan subsequently specifically for car based stuff and went to like three shows in three weeks which was really really good that's cool i, I think uh when you're on holiday with the family and you manage to slide in a little bit of car action that that counts i think <laughs> i think that's that's something that uh um people particularly probably the more mature of our listeners that have families and have to go on holiday with them would definitely appreciate the fact you can get in a little bit of car activity. I, I squeezed in my a Bonneville trip on a family holiday. Um, in fact, Nadine had booked it while I was, I mentioned that while we might have been in America, we'd be going sort of, it would be when speed week was on and uh, she'd sort of just like 700 mile out of our way, but she just, planned a holiday around it and even by the time i got home from work that night um I'd even booked a van <laughs> that's to, that's to pretty much sorted, sorted the whole holiday out, which is cool. yeah yeah I, i'm lucky in that regard as well charlie uh, would generally look at sort of if we're planning to go like in september say to a place she'll then look at that place and see if there's a particular weekend where something good is on car wise um in september and that will become the the sort of midpoint of the holiday um, which is very nice yeah there's something good um eat wherever you go on holiday assuming it's not like in your own back garden it's just actually just get the old google out and uh and go car museum or club mm. meet 
or anything like that. I like I was in Croatia last year. I would be going back on Tuesday if it wasn't for this thing. Um, and it turned out there was a car museum, either a short paddle away or if it went by road, uh, half an hour away. And it was just full of super cool stuff. Um, I think I have a little video of it somewhere, but yeah, just full of Yugos and Eastern European stuff. And it was fantastic. And it was just only by luck that I was there. Always worth on a family trip looking for a scrapyard or a classic car dealers or something. Mm. Or the local club, like see if they got a local meet somewhere. Yeah. Randomly Googling stuff along your route is a really great technique though, because uh, I like Simon would be about to go on a holiday, which was actually a road trip car, car based road trip to a show in Northern Italy called Southern Gardasee. And we'd planned sort of to go there and, and back for the show. Elk actually was, uh, we, we, we decided to go um, the subsequent week. So sort of do the car show and then slowly meander back. But he was Googling stuff along, along the route and um, found a whole another classic car meet at uh, a motorsports event, which was called Grand Prix de Large Door, mm, nice. which I'd never heard of, no. um, which was a week before. So we just sort of, refactored the trip to do the car show at the end of the uh, trip rather than the beginning and meander our way there and then go to this um this classic race meet for the the whole weekend before the the car show we were heading to which i'm sure would be splendid if it was in fact happening sadly um that is not happening the corona came in and ruined everybody's plans for the year the difficult thing i find with car stuff it's the starting point so there's so much you kind of have on your list of things you want to go to you know you can sit here for hours and hours and hours probably all of us going oh, i would like to go to this event that event this event like stuff in australia stuff even stuff in the uk europe america you just go on forever how do you pick if assuming you're not already planning a family trip uh, as per per side and i um how did you how do you pick where you want to go to next well i mean for me there's there's no concept of family trips so i can sort of do whatever i want which i suppose at this stage of my life does have its benefits um but really like the road trips i've arranged it, it has to be accessible like for me to say oh i'm going to organize a trip for the whole local sort of retro rides group and we're going to go to speed week or i'd love to go to drag week that's like one of my my big things it's just not accessible um for everyone just the costs and the amount of time and everything so i will do those things but you know i'll do those things just with dan or with elk or whatever if i know i want to do um a a trip for like the whole group and this one there was going to be eight of us going and um the one we did two years ago where we went to um to racism in um in Poland, I think there was nine of us went. It just needs to be accessible um, in terms of the amount of time that it takes to get there and back, the cost of the whole thing. You know, you're only talking at probably four or five hundred pounds each for a, a 10 day holiday covering 3,000 miles and doing loads of cool stuff on the way there and the way back, you know, different car museums. Um, stopping in different cities for like overnights and you know most of it was hostel type accommodation but we'd like book the whole room so we'd have it you know just for us um 
so it's not like scruffy student type digs um although i mean if you're really trying to keep the cost down that's an option too but um there's so many cool car shows in Europe. And to be honest, you know, the, the ones we chose was just purely based on threads you see on forums and then looking really, really cool. Like you see all these pictures from Sogar and we went to Worthersea um, seven years ago, um, which was actually for my 30th, although that was coincidental, but um, you look at pictures of, of, of Sogar now and it just looks like Worthersea did before it got, the big corporate sponsorship um not anything against that of course but it just looks like really neat so it's like okay well that's that's how we choose what show we want to go to there's really not a great deal of science behind it it's it's affordable you can get there and back in probably two three days each way without having to absolutely cannibal it and um it's affordable so yeah that's cool that's um... it Simon, if you were planning your next trip, how would you go about deciding which of the numerous events? I think as Andy touched on there, I think one of the main things is, is you're looking at the internet and you're just going, that looks like a, a cool thing to do. There's obviously, there's, I mean, anyone who's watched our SEMA video knows that SEMA's fun. Uh, so you'd watch something like that and go, yeah, I'd like to go to SEMA. And there's obviously just things that as a car person, you should probably go to, you know, you should all go to Pike's Peak maybe or just any old massive car events uh but i think there was something about when we, we've already discussed it in a podcast but we've been to um the hot olds meet in japan and there's something great about going to a, a kind of a smaller show something that that people aren't expecting you to turn up at it's all very well ticking off that i've been to the biggest shows in the world it'd be good to go to the summer nets um, yeah. in australia but i would also like to just go to tiny stuff, some random Polish club meet or something would just be mm. brilliant. I mean, even if you've got like 50 great cars in a car park is as good as 50 good cars amongst a thousand other cars at another show, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think you know, that's right. So true. Yeah. yeah, hot, yeah. hot holds meet was, was just all of our sort of stuff, just a car park full of it. And we probably more saw more stuff, that was what we're genuinely into there than we did at the whole of SEMA, which was mm. an unbelievable experience. But in terms of just pure car stuff, pick a little event that the, the organizers find out you've come to and they're quite excited to see a, a foreigner. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I um, went to the All Odds Nationals um, in yeah, Tokyo. And uh, again, that was just um, uh, a family uh, holiday that happened to coincide with all of nationals being on, but it, it got shifted so that it was going and coinciding. Um, the interesting thing with that is from the photos on the internet. So, so like Andy said, I picked that from seeing all the moon eyes coverage of it every year. Uh, it was a much smaller event than I thought it was going to be. I don't know if you found this with streetcar nationals because streetcar nationals was in the same um, car park. In a diver. Yeah. In a, in a diver and um the the hot olds meet is actually a bigger show than the all odds nationals not that you'd get that impression from the internet it didn't make it any worse or anything it was brilliant yeah. as you say like it was the fact that i went there and every single car there i came away with a photograph of because every single car in in that place was brilliant amazing um, so uh I, I think that that's probably a, a good point as well is sometimes you'll go to an event that's like one of the big marquee events and maybe not everything there is for you, and you wouldn't expect that from a huge marquee event. 
but sometimes you'll get more value out of going to a slightly smaller event and it'll also be probably a bit cheaper because it'll be off season i i think if people travel to the uk for like festival of speed or something if you're trying to book a hotel in the southeast of england at that point impossible. in the year yeah it, it's expensive and impossible so you have to think about that kind of wherever you're going as well so mm-hmm. um the the only um uh event that i have camped at in the last 10 years I'm just is, at you and camping yeah it's <laughs> it's a ridiculous concept is uh limon classic because there's you can't get a uh, hotel for love nor money within like a two hour journey of Le Mans classic. It's ridiculous. Mm. And that's fine. Yes. But that's, that's a thing to consider. Like if, if you're, um, if you're not a, a campist, then that is a thing you do have to consider. Like when you're looking at these big, big scale events, whereas the smaller events, you may even get a little bit more out of, but they're a little bit harder to find. That's what I, what I find. I think that we stumbled across um, hot old association <sighs> But I, I think we had um, a better chance of finding like the Moon Knight events and stuff because they were much more well publicised. Um, so finding smaller events is a little bit trickier. I think that's a fair point. That um, um, Le Mans Classic is is definitely right up there on my list. Uh, it's Possibly amazing. Even next year, I think yeah. is a realistic possibility. The, the fact I camped there will tell you how good it is. Well, <laughs> and, and I don't mind I, it's it's camping. So yeah, and it's, it, it's like I was saying about accessible, it's super accessible. It's so easy to get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, for for that one, actually, this is um, uh, another good thing to think about. Uh, and I come to you on this for uh, European jaunts. Is when I the first time I went there, I did um, Calais, uh, Dover to Calais on the train and then drove across France to Le Mans in a convoy, which was something else we probably need to discuss because that's quite tricky to um, yeah. keep, keep tabs on. Done a bit of that. Uh, and then um, this next time I went, I did, um, I think it's Portsmouth to Cayenne or Cannes, however you say it, um, which is much longer on the boat, but it's two hours on the other side down an empty auto route. And it was just a dream. It was just, it was so much better, even though it was a shorter trip. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, it, it, it does take a fair bit of planning. Like a lot of the, the, the trips that I've, I've planned, there's multiple long evenings on the internet planning it all out. And there's a bit of experience as well because, for example, the, um, the, the trip we did to, um, to racism, we quite quickly learned that the length of some of the days driving that we'd put in were just too long and too tiring and and we'd pick some awesome places to stay but by the time you got there all you could think about was finding somewhere to eat as quickly as possible and then going to bed so it's kind of wasted to a certain extent um even worrying about where you're stopping if you if you're just sort of trying to cover distance um so it's a question of really balancing like how how far away the show is what chunks you want to break it up into and then think well maybe the first couple of days you do just want to cover miles to, to get closer mm-hmm. and then have a few slow days where you just do like, you know, maximum of like 150, 200 miles and then have a afternoon evening somewhere, not have to get up really early and get straight back in the car. Yeah. yeah. And there's something to be said as well is if you are, you know, you're on a bit of a road trip, it's one thing sort of, you know, 500 miles in a day and it, and just getting on the autobahn or whatever and just hitting the road but there's mm. another amazing opportunity to just take a, a really leisurely cool drive 
and then stop at all sorts of things. If you want to stop yeah. off because you see something cool and unusual just parked in a driveway, or if you just see a great place to take a photo of all your cars together or something, you don't yeah. want to be driving through them just thinking, I really need to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> or something no, like exactly. that. So, yeah. I mean, we had on our way to SEMA this year, there's some Perfect video example. evidence of it. We, we did five minutes, five, five miles in about an hour and a half, I think doing that. Yeah, Cause we but, kept stopping to look at cool stuff. Yeah. And we could have probably could have done that all day, I think, <clears> but that was uh, something to be said about that version of, of covering distance yeah with. definitely I, I found i uh, went to troyes troyes anyway down in the middle of france um on just on a holiday it wasn't like a proper road trip or anything and on the way down there i auto routed the entire way down just to get there so past dreams and, and stuff like that um and on the way back from where we were up to reims we did the back roads because it's a really pretty area with loads of pretty little medieval towns and it took like twice as long, but we knew once we got on the other side of Rims, we'd be straight on the auto route and we'd be able to get our um, train at Calais. So we took, rather than just bounce our way up the country as quickly as possible, we left a little bit earlier to enjoy the scenery. And I think if you've mm. got a nice scenic drive in a nice car with some nice people, that's, that's you know, every bit as much fun as going to a particular place by a particular time, maybe. In a road trip, I mean, the, the journey is part of it. It's not just about the destination. Um, and, and your destination might be two, three days away sometimes. So actually the journey is a big part of it. And you've yeah. got stop-offs and you know you're going to stop at cool places. But actually, um, you might be changing drivers. So you've um, all got the opportunity to enjoy some roads. Um, but it's just embracing the fact it's a road trip, I think. Yeah. And yeah, having definitely. the right car as well. I think the, and the right yeah. car, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. that I've done that many road trips in cool cars. I feel a bit, a bit awful in that. Um, when you do your thing next year, I'm going to come with you, Andy, and I'm going to. Oh, be, yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to. I really wanted to come on this one, but I had already booked the holiday. I'm now not going on. You're um, always invited, Simon, but oh, it is tricky. I understand. Be hard really to uninvite so much me holiday now, time. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, the trip, the itinerary that you laid out looked fantastic like you've undersold it talking to us here um i reckon you could sell tickets for that one that would be awesome. <laughs> probably i probably could maybe this is how i make my millions designing road trips there's uh, well that's actually uh, brought me on to something that is on my, my list of things to cover so i've never done one of the like gt classics or any of that kind of organized road trip um i don't have the car for it really and i don't have the money to spend on a trip like that because it's they are generally quite expensive but on the flip side they're extraordinarily well organized by people that have done it literally hundreds of times to these destinations and they know exactly what they're doing um so there is a temptation i think sometimes to sort of look at them and think i should probably just go on one of those because that's going to definitely whatever happens that's going to be a good trip because they're mm. experts at it the problem i have is that um i can't part with you know the best part of two and a half grand to mm. go on a trip to um orleans or something because i could go and organize that myself <laughs> so that's kind of that's a, it's a bit of a it depends a, what you're looking for doesn't it yeah that's that's what i gonna say i think that there's probably more than a lot of people out there that would like just someone to present them with an itinerary and, and then go and do it yeah yeah that, that's a that's a nice trip 
I've actually done yeah. through uh, through. I was working on it, but I did the Cannonball Run Europe, um, which was an interesting experience, and I didn't necessarily enjoy it because um, I was working. But uh, yeah, that's one of those trips where you know the hotel you're going to, mm. and it's a posh hotel, and they've got secure parking because everyone's driving Lamborghinis and stuff. And uh, and then you've got a, a, a meal laid on, and then a uh, a party afterwards. That was my job. Um, uh, right. But yeah, I, I, if that's what you want, I don't know. It was a lot of um, a lot of sort of hobnobbing rich guys having enormous fun. Um, it did. It seemed fun from my position on the outside. But it's you know sleeping in cars in cool places is is also pretty funky. I think uh, the, the, also it doesn't have to be at that level. So obviously I chose GT Classics because they sort of advertise to me constantly for some reason, and um, they pop up in my uh, feed quite a lot. But and the Cannonball is, is like another one of those ridiculous volumes of cash to go and do it. But Classic Ford run their own tours and stuff. I think they do an, an yeah. island one. I think that looks yeah. that does look good and is quite well priced as well. Yeah, yeah. Braxton. I think that there's definitely more accessible uh, versions of it. So, I mean, even if you just want to dip your toe into the do I enjoy road tripping world, I think maybe that's a good start. Um, you know, because you're, you're going to be around people that know what the pitfalls are or hook up with someone like Andy that's done it a few times that knows actually having a 15-car convoy trying to travel 200, 300 miles is actually a pain in the ass. So we'll arrange it slightly differently. I mean, actually, for a, a, like a, a dip into the, the waters of this sort of stuff, I know my, um, my local Volkswagen club that I end up mentioning all the time, Paintscopers guys, they go to a club, in, uh, a club meet in Calais. They like one, uh, they literally just nip over and almost park up where, you, where you, they get off the ferry. And um, there's a Volkswagen club over there that has their own show every year just on the front, and they go yeah, there. Go I mean, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a European road trip that yeah, takes... No. A day. That's another great point, Simon. I mean, they don't have to be three thousand mile round trips. No. no, you could just go. Do you know what? We're going to go to another club's club meet that we can't just go to and be back for lunch. It might be an overnight stop. Yeah, yeah. that's perfectly fine. Even if it's in the UK, you know, like you could go to a go to you know Scotland or something. Yeah, or not even that far. Go down to Cornwall. Right. old school run to the sun style stay overnight and come back yeah no that's, that's a good point actually i mean that's um that's a really nice way of getting out in your car somewhere that you haven't been before probably a nice mm. bit of the world um like head up to i don't know a, a meet up north there's a, the northern retroroids guys and there's all the, these other groups and clubs that have regular meets just aim for yeah. one of them and hit it or if you're up north come down to goodwood or whatever for like one of their breakfast clubs or something so come down on the saturday yeah. at their breakfast clubs on the sunday go to the breakfast club and then head back straight after like that kind of thing it's really good andy actually visited me so andy's in in the deepest darkest southeast and i'm in the deepest darkest southwest well sort of and um you came and overnighted at my place and yeah. then went to the, Haines, the Haines. Breakfast club really good really nice. perfect example of what we're talking about yeah we actually went to the um, the Fry Up Club North Mids meet once as well, um, which was um, will be a few years ago now. But if you remember when um, Don't Tell Him Pike off the forum yeah. passed away, mm. sadly, they did a sort of memorial event of their regular pub meet that he used to attend. So a whole bunch of us from the southeast went up to that. 
and you know it was it was a whole day out rather than just popping to your local breakfast meet but um it was well worth it even doing it an evening club meet you can you know finish work or whatever and and hit the road at sort of you know five six and even a couple of hours drive you, mm. you you can still be at a, a club meet in a, a warm summer evening in a, in a nice car maybe with some mates mm. um and uh yeah you just save money on um on maybe some drinks because you were there for a bit less time than other people <laughs> we did um, that come to hours come yeah. to hours right by goodwood by a river nice big car park it is i'm looking forward to getting back there actually um, yeah yeah but that's that's um that's nearly two hours for me i think or about one and a half yeah. hours for me to get there but it's never a problem it's it, like i said it's a nice drive down there so um i think you're probably the furthest regular attendee mm, mm. i think um yeah that's a it's a nice distance that really because it's enough time to get into the drive but it's not um not to the point where you get to like three hours and you're just like oh, i just want to stop now and get out it's kind of my distance to shellsley from here is two hours 40 depending on traffic and it's just a nice amount of distance. So I can drive up there for one of their um, events and get there for kind of 10 o'clock-ish um, and then bimble back after lunch. And it's quite nice. Um, mm. But yeah, so short, short road trips, um, like in a day or, or overnighting somewhere is, uh, is a good dip of the toe. I think from anywhere in the UK, uh, heading over to Belgium for something, they've got a good strong car scene. And um, yeah. There's always something on there, and it, it's super easy with the the tunnel or or a ferry or whatever. It's not not too expensive either usually. So, uh, well, there's yeah. some good stuff in Ireland, I think. Yeah, I've been to a couple in in Ireland as well with our with our good friend Irish Mark. Um, we've we've um, Elk and I have flown over there a couple of times, stayed with him, gone to a car show, gone well, to a drifting thing, and then come back on the Monday. Well, that's another thing is the, the flying and doing something. So we're talking a reasonable amount of road tripping, like jumping in your car and going somewhere with some friends. But uh, I, when we went to Japan, we didn't have a car. It was, it was, a, it was a, it, all of us have sort of had to get to wherever we're going to, to see cars um, by plane. And I can tell you some funny stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> going to uh, car-based things in Japan without a car can get quite sketchy. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah we had the same thing, didn't we? We we didn't hire a car at all when we were in Japan, but we still managed to roll back with with some of the guys at the show. So um, it can work. That's another another thing, actually. Even if you don't necessarily know anyone, there's there's someone friendly on a forum somewhere in a group that you can just go. Oh, yeah. How about you know? Obviously, be car a bit, people are be good bit, people. Yeah, yeah, be a bit careful. But there's a guy somewhere at some show that will just go, yes, come along. You could probably stay at my house and ride in my car. And um, <laughs> yeah, we met people in Japan who we only ever knew as a name on a forum and um, gave us a tour of like Tokyo in the evening that we could never, with stuff we could never have learned yeah. without living there for a couple of years. So yeah, did, reach did out. You, did you nearly get kidnapped yeah. by Yakuza? Wow. <laughs> The particular incident I was thinking of was when we attempted to go to Daikoko Futo without a car, which, as you know, is basically a motorway service station on an island over a, a bridge, motorway bridge, which you can't walk over. Um, so we attempted to take a taxi there, but um, even with, with Elk's pretty decent understanding of Japanese, we couldn't make the uh, driver understand where we wanted to be taken to. 
even though we had like Google Maps on our phone and we were pointing to the exact point. And it turned into him pulling over on the hard shoulder where you could see the service station like over the barriers and making us get out of the car and then driving off. And then we attempted to walk into the service station. Um, but there was these big signs saying no pedestrians. Um, and there was like barriers. So he ends up basically climbing over a wall and, um, I wouldn't say breaking in, but sort of climbing in to the service station. But what we didn't realize the corner we chose to, to go in through was a police station. Um, <laughs> so we had to sort of, wouldn't say hide, but, um, <laughs> stay very still. still for a while until some police cars had gone past and then sort of scurry in. <laughs> and we had a fantastic evening. Like everyone's seen the internet, what, what Diacocco Futo is like. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. But then of course we've got the thought of how on earth are we going to get back? Um, so we basically just walked around, um, looking at cars, earwigging on conversations, heard people speaking in English and then went and introduced ourselves and explained our predicament. And the very first group that we tried that with were like, Oh, we'll give you a lift back. Yeah. So we ended up getting a lift in some rad, like, uh, was it a late Mark two or a, a JZX or something? Um, like drift car. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Absolutely wild ride back into town. Um, from, uh, it's actually a U.S. serviceman that was on permanent deployment to Japan. That's awesome. I, um... The second time I went, I rented a car. So my advice <laughs> is to do that. Because the I, first time we went was really dumb and definitely don't do that. But it was funny. I had, renting um, a car in Japan is an experience as well. Well, that's, that's I'm going to come on to that, actually. Um, we'll, we'll circle back to, to renting um, and, and driving in foreign countries. The one thing it's, that brought up to my mind was, oh, sorry, way back when we were at the Nakayoshi Hold Association, um, we were listening out for people that could kind of speak English was really kind of one of the, the things to be doing. And because uh, when you're in Japan, if someone speaks English, they are like gold dust because they can finally help you communicate with other people and all that kind of thing. So we were very lucky in that I managed to get in touch with the guy that we knew off the internet that could definitely speak English. But all the time I was there, I was waiting because you're very obviously not Japanese. So people that can speak English will, come and talk to you because they think you're lost because we looked very excited and lost in equal measure i think well, i um, just want to practice on you a little, little bit of practice on us uh but last time i was in uh, japan for the all Oz nationals um this american guy came over and just started talking to me obviously one of the only other westerners that i could uh, uh see over there and he, he was just chatting to me about photographs and stuff and he's got um a really good instagram called international car shows and they're all just pictures from japanese car shows but i only met him because he was one of the other westerners kind of out yeah. there and, and i think that that's uh a thing to look out for if you are a, a very foreign event is to look for someone that communicates in your language because you'll probably get a firm friend at least for a few minutes uh, it's almost a top tip, really, especially if you're starting to feel a bit nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're lost or like like we were, we had no way of getting back. Yeah. It's, English does stand out in a crowd. If yeah. everyone else is not speaking English, you can sort of beeline in on it. 
Yeah, that is true, actually. Yeah, I think that's, uh, it's definitely, yeah, as you said, the top tip is to, if you are um, doing your lost in translation experience, um, but you are feeling a little bit overwhelmed, or you're just looking for some more information, then uh, um, it's it's quite easy to pick out an English speaker, um, which is mm. quite nice. Um, yeah, so, so to circle back to the um, hiring of cars, every time I've been to the States, um, this is my top tip, actually. Every time I've been to the States, or at least when I've been to Vegas or LA, is when I've hired a car, I've always hired like a Ford Fiesta or whatever the equivalent is on their little checkbox. And then when I go to pick it up, I'm like, have you got anything more interesting? I'm paying the full insurance because that's all they really care about is you paying the full insurance. And every single time I've come out with Camaro, um, Dodge Challenger, Mustang, something like that. And they're great fun for road trips. Um, so I, I think there's definite mileage, but it doesn't have to be an interesting car. But I think it's always fun if you can pick up yourself an interesting car when you're in a country. Let me get this straight. So are you still paying Fiesta money? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Go, go sort of late in the day as well, where they mm. start to run out of stuff. All the boring businessmen that have got a budget have taken all the midsize. As long as you've booked and paid for a cheapy car, if they don't have one when you get there, that's their problem. Yeah. And if you're paying the full insurance seems to be the, the deal breaker, I was going to say. If, you, if you're paying like the lowest level of insurance, you'll you'll get whatever compact they find for you. But if you've got um, the full insurance, the reason being is because the higher companies that have interesting cars, particularly if you're going between Vegas and LA or LA and San Francisco, et cetera, et cetera, someone will have hired something interesting to do that yeah. trip and they want it taken back so you get to take it back which is quite nice those are both really good really good trips the route one from um pacific coast highway from la up to san francisco is a really great trip i'm supposed to be doing it in september but we shall see i would recommend i've done it the other way i'll come down um which happened which actually was this is another thing is it's amazing how many coincidences happen when you look into these things um when we were coming back from bonneville uh we did the pch coming down from san fran and uh it just happened to be monterey week (laughs) oh (laughs) so yeah pebble beach stuff going on which was you know kind of just mura coming along with us on the road yeah so uh um, monterey is lovely anyway but what time yeah, uh, that's the funny thing is it's amazing how often these unplanned things happen. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, you can't quite rely on them, but you can almost go. Hang on a minute, I seem to be here at this time, and we've uh, this. These stories have always got this element of luck where you meet someone or find something that yeah. you that, that just it's just there. Things happen. Yeah, I, I went to Historic J um, after the first time I went to SEMA in 2014. So we went into Vegas, um, so Charlie and I, and um, I did a day and a half of SEMA because the first time I'd been, didn't know really what it was about. And I had like a very particular plan of who I wanted to speak to. And I was happy once I'd spoken to them. And then I went back for another half day um, whilst Charlie stayed at the hotel. And uh, the next day, we were driving to LA. So we were staying in Santa Monica. And before I left, I had a quick look. Oh, is there anything on? And there was this um, show called Historic J, which was like retro Japanese stuff in the car park at Santa Monica Pier. It was, you could literally see it from our um, apartment. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I didn't know that was happening. It, we weren't, didn't plan around that being there. So I, I got a day out of that and uh, then I got the photos published. So that was great. <laughs> I basically that, got a feature that, out of it. <laughs> is that a precursor to JCCS? No, it was, it was a, um, it was really a, close, it, it? yeah, it, it was, ended up being a one-off. I think they wanted to do more of them, but um, I think they had problems doing them again or, you know, it was a first time event and then, given that JCCA is on in the same area. Yeah, it's Long Beach. I, yeah, as I understand it, like people were expecting a JCCA size event, but I'm like, well, I wasn't JCCS isn't that big, in yeah. truth. Um, that was actually one of the first, like, holidays that were specifically to go to a car show that, that I ever did. Um, and that was, I think we just did a long weekend. It was Dan and myself. We, we flew in. Um, did JCCS and then we drove to Vegas and I think we had two nights in Vegas and then um and then flew back yeah and that was the, the first time we went to JCCS it's not big but it's like like um like Simon was saying just now everything there is our kind of thing and it's all really really cool yeah um so even though it's not huge you can easily spend a full day just yeah take that's all you need as well and also the other thing is if you've flown in to do the show, actually it being overwhelmingly large might be a bit of a disservice because you're eventually yeah. going to end up overwhelmingly tired. So um, It's just one day as well. Yeah. One day show. It's great. There's a, another thing to be said about actually, we're talking about car things tacked onto a holiday, mm. but actually you can have quite a good holiday tacked onto a, a car thing. thing. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Um, I can't think of a better way of seeing Japan and not all of Japan. You didn't get right. But if you're not really into the touristy, touristy stuff, if you're going to come to London without going to Buckingham Palace, you know, if you're that kind of guy that you want to avoid the actual touristy stuff, you can see, you can see the place. You can, you can, you can get the vibe and you can meet people who are are real. So Mm. yeah, that's exactly it. If you want to, like we went on, on our trip in Japan, we went on a bullet train. Mm. Um, because that's how we needed to get there. Um, and you just, yeah, and you just get to use bits of a culture, um, but with a, an objective other than just, I'm going to look at these things here. You're mm. like, I'm going to a car show, and on my way, I've seen this cool thing and this cool thing, and I've been to this place. I'd probably never been to Vegas if it wasn't for SEMA. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's what you get to look at places you wouldn't ordinarily go to. It's, it's yeah. a great thing. Um, yeah. From holidays with a car thing tacked on uh, point of view, I went down to uh, Provence and stayed at a place called, I'm going to mispronounce it horribly, sorry French people, it's like Hamé de Beau or something. It's a very nice place. I reckon you smashed the I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I, I, I think there's French people thinking you've got someone in to say that for you. <laughs> and... Um, it's just like it was a short drive from the um, airport and we got like a tiny little city car, like an up or something like that. And um, we we drove it there. And whilst we were there, we hired classic cars because the hotel had a collection of classic cars that you could hire. So we just drove around Provence in an open top uh, Alfa Romeo for like mm. a, a little spider, 1960 something spider. It was just, just delightful. Um, it- did you choose that hotel because of that? It's not another thing you lucked on, is it? No, is it? no, that, oh, that right, okay. Ch- Charlie chose it as a as a, a combination of um, quality of hotel and um, uh, car stuff. Hmm. So yeah, you can find stuff that's kind of 
dovetails nicely with what you're planning to do anyway. I think that that's quite nice. But as you say, you can do it the other point of view of just going, well, I just want to go to this one day event, but this is in a nice place. So I'm going to go there for, you know, a week. And that event is just part of that trip. And then as, as Andy points out, you can find other stuff to fill that time, whether that's as tourist or if you find another car museum or something. Yeah. Uh, I have another point I wanted to make. That's yeah, just yeah, for sure. Staying in touch with people you meet at car shows and then going to car shows in their country later. Yeah. That's so nice. when, um, when I went to Ebisu, pronounce that wrong, um, for the Spring Matsuri, the big um, drift festival, like a week-long drift festival, which was amazing, um, we met some Aussie dudes and um, we ended up hanging out with them for most of the time. Um, really, really cool. Um, stayed in touch with them afterwards. And then I think it was about, must be three years later, maybe longer, um, one of them ended up back in Japan, but um, rather than up in the, in the north in Fukushima, where Ebisu is, he was in Osaka and I was in Japan working and it was the weekend that Osaka Auto Messe was on. So having like met him once and not seen him for three years, I arranged to meet him again and he put me up and everything stayed in his, I think it was his friend's place actually. And we went to that Osaka show. Um, and he was absolutely brilliant. Um, and now he's on at me all the time about um, going to Oz and like going to summer nats or whatever. Um, and he's planning to come here next year to go to where well, he wants to go to the festival of speed because obviously that's what he yeah. knows as a big big event it's worth I'm coming to find. yeah <laughs> i'll try and twist his arm to come to retro rides obviously but um, yeah um so that's another like super cool thing and the guy i was just i mentioned before sort of rescued us when we got stuck at um at um daikoku futo the first time we still touch with him still chat yeah. to him occasionally he's <laughs> back in the u.s now but um well, we got that with um, uh, Takayuki-san that drove us from uh, Nakayoshi Old to Tokyo and then took us out to his yard in the evening. I stayed in touch with him. And then he came over to the UK for um, a meeting. He was here for like a week or something. And he was like, oh, I'm around on, I think it was like a Saturday morning or something. Um, so we arranged, there was nothing on. There was like literally a car event on that weekend. So we arranged a retro rides meet in Richmond Park kind of semi last minute and i went and picked him up um, from, from the center of town and drove him down to richmond park and then we went and had donuts at crispy cream and it was it was pretty sweet that was good i you know i'm thinking about other international friendships and stuff and i'm thinking of the guy at the gathering last year who got his dad to bring him to um to the gathering um it was just it was great he'd, he'd flown over and he'd done exactly what we'd recommend to do, which was go to what is apparently a sort of a small meet that you've seen videos or pictures of. And, um, and him and his dad, I, were you not there, David at the time? I, I might know. have been. Yeah. I can't, was, I can't remember much of most of those weekends. To be I, fair. I want to say it was from Holland. He was like some tall guy with blonde. He looked oh, really, yes. yeah, yes, that's it. And he was with his dad, but he was literally yelping joy at standing like in the middle of, of the gathering, um, and that's what you want, you know, even if you take someone who doesn't really want to go, that's quite good fun as well. It's, <laughs> yeah. You've got to remember is, is what you want 
from a show sometimes is is to soak in a bit of the atmosphere of the place mm. and things like um, I'd actually love to see the gathering from the outside sometimes because it's it's a really English setting. So if you can get yourself somewhere that's in the heart of the country you're in that sort of epitomises it for you and a car show, then that's that's fantastic. You imagine coming to the gathering if you're not from England or you're from somewhere quite different to England and you're 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 slap bang in the historical heart of, of motor racing, mm. um, just from visiting a small show. Yeah, yeah, in the beautiful yeah. English countryside. You, yeah. couldn't, you couldn't pick a better setting, really. No, no. It, does, it does work quite well. Um, actually, that does um, tie in a little bit with something else I've got on my, my list of things. It's who you go with. Um, and this is this is a, not a difficult thing. Um, it's an interesting thing to, to make sure you try and get right. It's people that are in the same kind of attitude about whatever it is you're doing to you. Mm. We've all been to car shows with people that don't necessarily want to be at that car show. Mm. Um, whether that's even like, I'm not saying that some ridiculous stereotype of my wife doesn't enjoy car shows. My wife does, but um, more along the lines of you, you, I don't know if you go to a drift event with someone that doesn't like drifting, that's not going to be fun for either of you. Um, so I, I think there's, if you're going with a group of people, like curating that group of people for people that are going to be, enjoying what you're doing or giving the other people that maybe are trying to get something else out of it, the space. So I really want to go down to Mulhouse and, and go to the Bugatti museum there. Now, mm. if I was doing a road trip with some people, I should imagine the majority of the people I know would probably not want to spend as much time as I would wandering around that museum. And that's fine, but it would knock me then that I'd get rushed around that museum and have to leave. But equally, if I was like dragging my feet going around the museum and everyone just wanted to go, they'd be getting pretty annoyed with me. So I think that's um, a, a thing to be uh, tricky. tricky. Yeah. Should yeah. I tell you how I do it? And it's definitely not right or wrong. It's just how I do it. You sure. And it yeah. seems to have worked so far. I basically sit down either um, by myself or with one other person which historically will either be Elk or Dan and work out the whole itinerary. And we decide, or I decide this is, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. And then I publicize it and say, this is what is happening. Anyone that wants to join, you're absolutely welcome. And I'll arrange everything in terms of overnights and tickets and whatever else. Um, because what I've learned from doing a few of these things is if you get the group together first and then you try and work out precisely what you're going to do on each day, where you're going to stop off or whatever, there is no way that you'll be able to um, make it work for everyone. So you're always going to get somebody that at some stage is going to be annoyed that what they wanted to do isn't happening. Like you might have to skip an entire stop that they really wanted to do mm. just because you can't make it work. Or there's something they wanted to do that everyone else didn't want to do. Yeah. Um, or like you say, you want to spend a chunk of time somewhere and one person doesn't and two people do. So I'm not saying this is the right way to do it, but the way that I have learned to do it is I just say, this is what is happening. I know it's spectacular plan loads and loads of really cool stuff we're not doing everything there is to see on this particular route. Of course not. That's impossible. And, um, by all means, if it's not for you, it's not for you. If you want to come, come. Mm. 
and that's kind of that's just kind of how it's been um and then you know if it doesn't work out to be awesome then i'll, I'll have to take that on the chin but it yeah. always does so i don't I- I think there's something about, you know, if you're the guy that's organized a trip or something, it's just making sure that the people you're taking are pretty cool guys, or at least they understand that, yeah. that if, if it's going to be a trip where you're going to stop places, then say it and say, also we could, there's, I know your, your trips are really well planned and stuff, but sometimes not planning stuff works quite well and you can arrive yeah. somewhere and it's closed and you want a group of people that are just going to go, yeah, but we're here though. And like, not get up. So obviously, you don't want a, a trip that where everything's closed and someone's screwed up. But a, you can't, trip... can't overplan. And I'm not a super yeah. organised person that's got everything meticulous to detail. But a Stuff trip that's wrong, that's got some flexibility and yeah. that has got a bit, you know, that, that just having mates on board that aren't going to go. But you said it was going to be this, and now we're yeah. here. But where you just want to go, you just want to go with the flow and go to the next place, and every and everyone's happy and everyone's pleased. Um, I mean, actually, as a group of guys we're all quite individual with, with different needs and we do all right. And it's worth saying actually that um, we are only friends through retro rides. None of us yeah. knew each other before. So every single one of these trips that we're talking about, apart from ones with family is with people yeah. that we've met online that we've met yeah. at car shows. Um, Funny world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Strange. It's a uh, good world. The other thing with um, family trips actually is also not to, if your kids or your spouse of whatever type doesn't enjoy the car show aspect of a trip, if don't you try to don't take no, yeah. <laughs> don't get a different spouse. Get, take them to take them to a place where there is something else to do. If I'm going to Le Mans Classic is a great example. That there are there is other stuff to do around there, but like when Le Mans Classic is on, that's all it is. Like that's everything and everywhere, but when we went to Santa Monica, like Charlie came to historic J with me, but she could quite easily have gone and done something else. We're in LA. Mm. There's so much mm. other stuff on. And if you're with a family and you don't want to be dragging your four year old kid around a car show all day, but your, your spouse is there with you, then off they can go and do something else for, for the day. And obviously you'll likely have to return the favor if, if someone you're with wants to go and do something for themselves. But mm. that I think would be a nice balance where doing that. Cause it must be hard with families and Simon is probably about to indicate. I, think, oh, I can tell you from experience actually that um, you can, you can put your family through too much. We spent four weeks <laughs> in the States and, uh, <laughs> and I do not stop going. In fact, I've annoyed you guys with it before of just noticing everything, even like, Oh look, there's a US spec version of something we see every day at home. A Ford like, focus. Yeah. 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 God, yeah. I annoy even car people with my, <laughs> with my inane car nonsense. But imagine four weeks of it if you're not interested in cars at all. And I, I seem to remember at one point, I think my wife went, just stop. <laughs> she, she doesn't want to stop and look at Impalas in Compton, apparently. It's, just, it's, it's unnecessary to stop everywhere and take, I want a photo of that one. I've got a thread on retro rides that I'm trying to show people these things. But yeah, so be careful with your family. Although I did have a rule when I was younger not on a road trip, but just on car shows, the children say, can I come with daddy? And I'd say, you're not going on any bouncy castles. And they'd go, I'll stay at home then. Cause car shows aren't about bouncy castles. They're about cars. Car shows always have a fun fair. Wheel stay always has a bouncy castle. Yeah. So the wife and kids have got something to do. Yeah. Uh, It's funny. I was thinking back on this a little while ago. I used to go to Brands Hatch almost every weekend. Um, I used to go to Brands Hatch a lot as a kid. And, um, the, yeah, the donuts were great. But I realised, I must have been, from about the age of eight onwards, 
there were many events that I would go to and I would just roll down the bank at the back of um, the South Bank. Yeah, yeah, South Bank. As a kid, just like just rolling down that whilst the motor racing was happening. I can't imagine the amount of interesting cars I missed. But I was I was a kid, so there's just me and, and my, my dad used to go used to go and watch cars and I used to just wander around being an idiot. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's you can't force kids to like cars. That's <laughs> what I discovered out of that. And, I, and I'm, the reason I think of that in this is because uh, if you're planning trips and stuff, I guess, and you have a family, the natural inclination is to tend to drag them along. But um, maybe it's better psychologically for everybody not to do that. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have children. That's a, that's a Simon question. <laughs> <laughs> I've already told you. You're not going on the bouncy castles. That's my rules. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I thought of something you. else. A bit yeah. of a segue. Um, Dawn drives. Mm. Oh, it's sort of like a road trip, but not. Yeah. Um, we've had a couple of really, really good ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I Seth. think that's a lovely way to to meet up with um, your friends from your local area that you have regular meets with, but also people from neighbouring areas that that you kind of know. Um, the one we did through through London where we went all around this sort of um, Olympic village and um, was it Seth that arranged that? Seth arranged that, yeah. He, yeah, really he arranged good. two. Yeah, they were great fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice, a nice trip. Nice that was a great one too. And we did one in Birmingham, which is quite a way for us. So that's a good example of like meeting up with people from more distant um, car groups or whatever. Because for us to get up to Birmingham for a dawn drive, we left here in the middle of the night. Um, but Brian Damaged yep. coordinated that. And that was great. That was a really nice drive. We picked a really nice route. And then we went somewhere for breakfast. And then we went to a um, stock car meet, which was quite fun. And then we that's, drove back. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a good road trip. One of the interesting things about all of our road trips so far is none of them have that element of danger so when i did the amy shaw podcast she was saying one of the the difference between um just driving a car somewhere and a road trip is the element of danger that your car may or may not make it um and um, that is not a thing that necessarily appeals to me um but we know people that have done um those sort of banger sort of cross continent jaunts um, I can't even remember which one it was, but it, it ended up in Uzbekistan or somewhere like that, didn't it? As I remember. Oh, the um, oh, Elk my brain's did one. Gone. Elk did one in a hill yeah. mixed, didn't he, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, it's a singer. It's a, a singer, singer gazelle or something. It's the uh, Mongol Rally. That's it. So that's serious. That is a long way. Yeah, I, I worked with someone that, that did that before I even knew um, uh, Elk and that lot that, that did that in uh, Fiat Panda. And they left their Fiat Panda in Mongolia and flew home because they just couldn't get it working again. And the locals were those are the people that they don't want on those rallies. That's why there's a big tax for taking old cars into these countries now because they're fed up with these rallies abandoning cars. Yeah, Yeah. quite. Uh, So I think that uh, that's a whole different level of road trip. But that again, it's organised though, so you have support and those are organised. So they're, they're. they're an element of danger with a little bit of safety net, which I think is probably the ideal way to do those. I think if you wanted to do that solo, um, that's a whole nother level of adventure that uh, um, you probably shouldn't. I think I'd be more attracted to doing it solo. 
Really? Because I don't like organised fun or people, <laughs> no. particularly. Yeah. Um, if 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 I know the people I'm going with and I know I like them, there might be a bit of friction here and there, but um, by and large, we're going to have a good time. But strangers, there's always a huge risk that you're just going to hate the people you're stuck with for the I, next however many weeks. That, that's a really good point, actually. Uh, and I think um, a, a thing to touch on briefly for the psychology of anyone going on more of a road trip than like one of our day-long sort of trips, like something that takes mm. a bit of time. If you're on a trip with anyone for any length of time, pretty much, you're going to end up with a bit of friction. Um, yeah. Particularly if you've gone overseas. Like, like our SEMA trip, we were all tired and jet-lagged. We were all a little bit narky. So the majority of the time, everything was fine. But occasionally, you just get annoyed that dinner was taking so long or something. Or someone was in the kitchen when you wanted to go and get a donut or something, right? Um, because donuts were fueling us. And like, the same is going to be true on cross-country jaunts. Like, um, like even if you're like the best mates in the world, we've all been on holiday with our friends at some point someone gets annoyed with someone yep. but it's just a thing that happens and it's all right it doesn't matter <laughs> you can't don't let it yeah. spoil your trip oh absolutely not and like it's it's life at the end of the day but i think um arrange it so that you don't have to be in the same car for the whole trip you don't have mm. to be with the same two people for the same trip like just from a pure like safety and common sense perspective you want to have the capacity for all the cars to be driven by multiple people so that if something happens or someone's just tired, not feeling well, you can swap in and out. Um, but then it means if there's a little bit of friction between a couple of people, they can just go, do you know what? We've got a four hour drive now. We're just going to sit in the cars and just get over it. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, that's fine. It's just, uh, I think how, when you're like all living on top of each other for a little while, particularly with people you don't usually live with, um, finding somewhere to have a little bit of space would be my mm. tip for, um, trips of all kinds so uh, one evening uh, we came back from SEMA and I just put on my headphones and I think sat on the sofa facing the window and just listened to music staring at the floor which sounds extreme but like it was so overwhelming because you're at SEMA all day and there's like noise and people and people and people and people and people and you get mm. back to this place and there's people and there's people and even for someone that's quite gregarious, which I am not, but even quite gregarious people, I think it must be quite draining. Um, and I just needed like a sort of half hour of time out. And then I was kind of back to just being grumpy rather than wanting to go home. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I had a great time at SEMA and I'm disappointed that there's any, any time where you were sad about being around me, David. Uh, I, I had nothing but a fantastic time all the time. I wasn't, no one criticized my driving at all, which <laughs> I found very comfortable. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I, I felt red light, red light, red light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, was, actually, I, yeah. that was Molly that, merely that pointing was, out that you're about to drive through a red light. So there's, I, a, I did drive through a red light, not just about true. to I continue so to do so. That's a really interesting thing actually, um, was, not just on that point exactly, precisely, but being comfortable driving overseas. That's um, a thing you have to learn if you're going to do some of these trips. And um, yeah. I remember the first time I drove in Ibiza, uh, it was the most, because the first time I'd driven left-hand drive anywhere. And it's quite nice because it's quite a quiet thing, but I ended up driving on the wrong side of the road twice, pulling out T-junctions. Is that all? Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, that was... Uh, it's all right because it's in the middle of nowhere in the country, but I should imagine if I'd have done that in the middle of the state somewhere, it would have been probably somewhat more traumatic. Uh, I think that it's worth taking it gently, learning how to drive on the wrong side of the road. 
um, for those for those of you either coming to the UK that drive on the left or those that drive on the correct side of the road when they go into the continent. Um, we just have to take... embrace that most road trips we do are going to involve something of that nature. Yeah. Because we're obviously the outliers in the right-hand yeah. drive, left side of the road thing. It's almost worse driving from here, though, because then you're in a UK car on the wrong side of the road, so you sort of can't see what's going on half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, um, a left-hand drive car abroad sort of makes more sense than taking your car abroad. But then if you're going on a road trip, you're going to be in your car abroad. So you just sort of have to go steady and don't drive like a dick. I sometimes find it harder when I get back um, to, to adjust <laughs> because you've been thinking about it so much and then you'll think, what am I, what am I supposed to be doing now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. When I come back from, if you've been overseas on a plane, and I fly in, you're usually a bit tired anyway. And I just I pull out of the car park at like Heathrow. And I'm just like, you know, they have that weird thing where there is no rules for a little while because just all these roads are merging and there's mm. hundreds of roundabouts. Yeah. And you're just like, ah. And, I, and I'm sort of pulling onto these roads and I'm just thinking, the person is in the middle of the road. The person is in the middle of the road. So you have to like, when you're driving, you have to go, right, I'm, I'm this bit. Um, and that's yeah. precisely why taking your car abroad doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so <laughs> when you have to do the other thing, it's uh, it, it's a bit a bit odd. Uh, you, yeah, it takes a little bit of practice. So, uh, yeah, take it easy when you first do it because um, we don't want anybody running red lights and getting hit by lorries. Uh, talking no about lorries. like doing the big crazy road trip solo. Um, yeah. Kev, the legend of Wales oh. and his friend uh, Dave Howell have just released their video of uh, driving from where they live in North Wales to the Arctic Circle. Amazing. In an E39 that they bought probably for sixpence or two sheep, whatever they go for in North Wales. And um, I think they went through 13 or 14 countries, I think it said. Oh, gosh. That's why he didn't do the Not on an organised trip. That's Yeah, that was, he didn't do that. In fact, um, I'm talking of solo trips, didn't um, Amy talked about driving to Scotland on her own in a mini? Yes. Uh, yeah. And I heard that and I thought, you know, I'd like to do that because, mm. you know, I annoy myself, but not as much as I annoy other people. Just to be you able don't to annoy me. Cruise down there. I, I love you, Simon. <laughs> yeah, that trip. I'm going to sit and watch their video. I only sort of skim through it. It looks fantastic. I'm going to sit and watch it. Um, they kept length. from Wales one. Yeah, 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 it looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I, I like that as well because we talked a lot about um, road trips and this and the idea of going to car events and stuff like that. But that is a pure road trip. That's picking yeah. a destination yeah, yeah, yeah. and driving there in an interesting car, um, and that's a yeah. that's a nice thing to do. So I I like the idea of driving to Scandinavia. Now I would probably marry that up with Gatville. going to Gatville or or going yeah. to um, Finland again for one it's of on the list extreme wheels event or whatever they are now because I, I went to finland for um what was extreme wheels and the last year they did it and then they divided it into two events but it was a really good event and i'd want to go again and um i was looking are the at two events called extreme and wheels sadly not um the i looked at going over to um denmark and then across to sweden and driving up through sweden and, and into finland or taking the ferry there's like a mad ferry which is full of very drunk scandinavian people it's quite legendary from sweden to uh finland um and but that even without the car show at the end that just sounds like a good trip to me it just sounds like a good yeah. place to go You're right. so yeah maybe, maybe the, the other way to approach it is pick a destination that you want to get to and yeah just make a road trip out of it somehow and, and uh 
going up to the we'd, Arctic Circle. Uh, we stopped by a lake in um, in Klagenfurt where we were camping for Worthersy in in my Audi. It, I just had it painted and it looked the best it ever looked and was fully in love with it. Stopped to take photos in a lay-by. And um, some Norwegian guys pulled up in a Mark 1 Golf. Three of them got out, um, which was quite a tight fit because they were like colossal Viking-looking dudes. Um, got chatting to them. It turns out they'd driven to... Uh, to where to see as well and that's what us all like so proud of ourselves doing this thousand kilometer each way trip they were so far north in uh, norway where they lived that they had to like worry about polar bears breaking into their car <laughs> and they they'd driven from there three of them colossal in a mark one golf na diesel <laughs> <laughs> The guy did Worthersea last year from China in a Passat, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. did. That's a that is a road trip. Yeah, uh, that's not messing about though. So we 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 can manage to get to uh, to Scotland um, uh, if that guy can manage to get from uh, China to Worthersea. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lovely road trip in Scotland that I've had in my mind. That do they call it the North Coast 500 or something? Yeah, yeah I want to do that. I that looks phenomenal. That. Yeah, I think uh, that's kind of on the cards. Um, I keep on threatening to do stuff like that. And we, Charlie was talking about going to uh, Switzerland. And I was like, oh, well, I'll drive down there. And she's like, well, I'll fly in and I'll meet you at Basel because then you can, go <laughs> to Mul- you can go to Mulhouse beforehand and then um, yeah. come and meet me. But that's quite a nice way of doing it as well because we get a road yeah. trip whilst we're there and I get a drive down and, and stuff. It's quite nice. Um, a lot yeah. of the famous Swiss roads were on our trip that we should be going on in a couple of weeks. The uh, the drive to Northern Italy for that's the Stogab. The wonder of my wife is she went and looked for the best driving roads in Switzerland and then planned the hotels around them. Yeah, that's, that's precisely what, what I did as well. That's why I love that woman. And I love you as well, Andy. So, so much disappointment. Uh, you can, it'll still be there. Those roads aren't going anywhere. Um, so the hotels will all be out of business. But oh, yeah. And you'll be in quarantine for two <laughs> weeks before you're allowed to start driving. <laughs> okay, Off so we got we got to come to, to an end at some point. So I'm going to end on the question of what are your current dream trips or money, no object? What trip would you go on? Simon so can go first. Oh, thanks. I was hoping you would. Um, I, I, I got asked this actually for a classic Ford article and there's that curvy bridge road that somewhere up north, um, like in Northern Europe or something, which is oh, really good. I, yeah, I wish I could tell you because you put me on the spot that one. But otherwise, when we're talking about our potential retro rise trips that we're never going to take, um, then I'm still voting for Hawaii. Um, I'd like to go to. There's a, a show that they run every five years or something. It's just a massive hot rod thing that people ship their cars out to, and like the whole of the island apparently turns into a massive car show, and they do like a stancy one Weckfest Hawaii. Yeah. Um, and like I say, get some, you know, some of the, the, the place you're going whilst doing the car stuff, Hawaii seems pretty cool. So I'm, nice. I'm actually putting a vote forward through the next retro rides trip to be to Hawaii. I drive there though. Obviously it's awkward in a car. Quite damp. Quite damp. Andrew? It's an impossible question, David. That's why I asked it. I mean, I'd quite like the uh, spectacular road trip that I've already planned to actually be happening because I think that would be really good. Um, 
I've got a few like in my mind that uh, I'd happily arrange for the uh, for the regular kind of group. We've talked about um, what's the one in Odessa in the Ukraine, right down in Crimea. Um, what's that called? Is that that lo- those low guys? I can't remember. Not the yeah Lada guys. Uh, yeah, only dropped those guys. Yeah, the show's got a name. I can't remember what it is. Um, I didn't know you were going to ask this question, but that looks really good, and that would be a really, really good drive. So that's definitely something that's in my mind. I'd love to do that um, North Coast 500, though. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, that's the sort of thing where you could literally go, screw it, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Because it's probably a week, and you could be in beer, or you can wild camp legally in Scotland. I know David wouldn't, but... Um, you know, or if I finally managed to find a roof tent that doesn't cost three thousand pounds, yeah, um, I could just go. You know, with with Maria Angela, and we could we could just do it and find a B and B every third night to actually have a shower. Mm. Yeah, no, see, that's that's uh, uh, that would be really good. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I um, for me, I've, I've, there's two, and they're both in the states. I really want to do uh, Red Bull Garage to Portofino in. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do the oh, proper the, ca- cannibal run route. Yeah, I don't want to do that it in, in a day. Big in the news this <laughs> yeah. last couple of weeks. You've been following. Yes, of course. You should, if yeah. you look on Retro Rides, there's a thread all about it. Someone oh, has set awesome. a time. Was it twenty five fifty or something? Tw- there was twenty six hours, and then there was somebody. Someone's cracked twenty six hours. Yeah. I'd be happy with a twenty seven. Yeah. <laughs> So I, yeah, I actually the speeds you have to maintain is just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So I just want to do that trip though because yeah, it's a bit slowly. of car folklore. And yeah. actually, when you look at the route you can take, it's quite nice. You can go across yeah. to Chicago and then go across the plains and then down through Vegas and then over to LA. Yeah. Like and it's the Grand Canyon that. and stuff. I haven't even mentioned that I did Route sixty six in a Mustang. You see, that's that's a lovely trip. That was yeah. that was a bloody good trip. Really yeah. good trip. I um the other one to stay along that trip. The other one I picked up was from um one of those big companies that does like organized road rallies. And they had a US trip for classic cars. And I really like the idea of buying a classic car and doing it. Like so buying a classic go there a week beforehand, finding something, entering it and doing the drive. Because a lot of the expense of that trip wasn't so much their organized drive, it was shipping your car over to the States to do it. Mm. Um, but actually just the route I took away from it was like actually quite nice so what it does it starts up in New York and then sort of goes through New England and then down the country and then across and then back up and ends up in Washington State um, and like goes through Portland and but like, it hits Texas as well it's like it was this awesome wow. route that covered like loads of cool bits of the states it was a really nicely curated trip um, and I just sort of took that little map away and I've got it saved somewhere because one day one day just steal it yeah. yeah, without the organised bit. Yeah, sounds, sounds like the, the ideal plan. Well, something you, that's yeah. a realistic possibility for um, for the next couple of years is Drag Week. It's something we've talked about a lot. We mm-hmm. watch it religiously every year, and that would be a really fun thing. for. If you're not into drag racing, it would be absolutely dreadful. But um, if you are, it's perfect. good trip. Five days, racetrack every day, watch drag racing, and then road trip to the next one with, um, you know, drag cars all around you they have to be street legal that's the rule so yeah absolutely that'd be a fun thing absolutely bang on cool thank you very much gents thank um, you uh, let's look forward to being allowed out to play and um, maybe we can do some more 
uh, road trips. And if anybody does do any road trips, um, forum.retro-rise.org and come and tell us about them because we do love a good road trip. Uh, we'll be back uh, for a future episode. No idea with who, but I'm sure they'll be entertaining or you're just stuck with me and Simon, one or the other. <laughs> Bye. Cheers, gents. Take care.